This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Time that we uh, chat with Tom Korski, but certainly uh, we're in the, what, fourth week of the Emergencies Act, and interestingly, and I'll ask Tom about this, but documents tabled at the inquiry on Monday revealed that the head of the OPP intelligence unit had a real professional and ethical concern about demands that he was getting from other police forces and politicians who were asking for background checks on protesters who had done nothing wrong. This is a guy named Superintendent uh, Pat Morris, and he was, you know, this is documentation because he's already testified, but he said he was being asked to look into people who just simply opposed the government. Yeah, Pat, and that Pat it went Morris. way outside yeah. his mandate. Sorry. Oh, Absolutely. hi. Here you are. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Pat, um, so Pat that Morris is Tom Kursky. Disrupts, <laughs> he disrupts the whole <laughs> official version, right? Uh, Superintendent yeah. uh, Morris was also the guy who said zero evidence of uh, firearms, zero evidence of extremist uh, uh, threats within this uh, movement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, So, and he's the man on the spot, as you mentioned, commander of the only intelligence bureau that had these people under close surveillance. And either people didn't want to listen to them, or they liked their own fantasy narrative that they wanted to mm-hmm. pursue. But yeah, no doubt about it, uh, Superintendent Morris, he, he upsets the whole apple cart, the whole official version about the Nazi insurrection. Yeah, interestingly, though, is the number of politicians asking him, which when we find out who those politicians, first of all, that that is absolutely an ethical breach. You cannot have politicians telling police, asking them to do checks on people. It's just so over the line on every account. So who is that politician? I'll be curious to see if that documentation comes out. What was like, interesting what politicians is, calling him. Exactly. What was interesting is uh, Superintendent Morris writes this in a memo to files to the Uh, a deputy commissioner of the Ontario Provincial Police. Why would he do that? Uh, Because Morris is no fool. And when you write a memo to files, that's where you are telling the world, you know, this could go south, so I'm going to be the guy who puts my name to this memo that says there's some shenanigans going on. So if I'm ever called on it, I can say, no, no, it wasn't me. He just outsmarted Marco Mendicino, the Minister of Public Safety, who's going to have his own problems on the witness stand. Yeah, I mean, uh, I will look forward to seeing... um, I think he's probably the one I'm looking forward to, to listening to the most, albeit Christian Freeland, I think, has her own issues with the with the bank account, um, you know, closure justifications, because I don't think she can, can square that circle. Meanwhile, you guys are reporting a bunch of stuff um, that the, you know, the federal agencies relied on news releases from a volunteer press group in assessing the risks of violence at the convoys. And so this is evidence, um, you know, that has been heard that the Canadian Association of Journalists stated that they were concerned about threats of violence and harassment because the reporters were getting, you know, bothered at the the convoy covering it. We heard this from a number of, like, the CBC hired guards in that. I mean, I've covered enough protests. I mean, you know, they're not, they're, sometimes they're, they come with problems, not, you just ignore them and, and go on. But how much actual tangible um, reality is to this happening? Yeah, you you can't have federal agencies relying on the, the junior G-men at the Canadian Association of Journalists <laughs> to do your forensic investigations for you. Look, and I've never been a member of the CAJ. I'm sure there are a great bunch of guys, a lot of freelancers, a lot of college kids. 
One thing they're not is experts in terror financing or violence risk assessments. They issued a news release that it was a Mother's Little Helper news release based on a sort of a, a, a compilation of tweets from, you know, some uh, people in Toronto about, you know, someone who said something on uh, texted me and it was kind of saucy and it hurt my feelings. Are you kidding me? The financial uh, reporting center that the federal agency that tracks terror financing seizes on this news release in its violence risk assessment. You know what, Alex? We got to play it a little bit sharper than that on account of they keep telling us we're the G7 country. So we got to stop acting like yokels. And <laughs> this is not a proud moment for FinTrack. No, but there's a number of interesting, um, you know, dialogues or narratives coming out because you've also got these Facebook messages of support for the Freedom Convoy, um, you know, that got dragged through the courts and a judge saying, I can't convict someone because they messaged their support on Facebook. Like there was no crime here. And apparently this Ottawa judge who's now ruling on this St. Catherine's case uh, where this guy posted support for the convoy, he's like, I can't convict someone because they supported a convoy. But that's the kind of stuff that's getting before um, the courts, where you had people that just went to the protest to kind of be a part of it, didn't do anything, and, and find themselves charged because they had an opinion. It's unbelievable, isn't it? Prosecutors actually went into Ontario Divisional Court and uh, to back up multiple mischief charges against a, a man who he had nothing to do with the convoy, he went down to Spark Street a block from the protest on February 19th. He hectored police about uh, what they were doing under the Emergencies Act. He was asked to leave. Instead, he sat in the snow and crossed himself, and they took him into custody. They charged him with obstruction and mischief, two counts. The judge said, are you kidding me? When prosecutors mm -hmm. said to justify the mischief charges. He said a couple of hurtful things on his Facebook post. The judge says, we do not. Can you believe this? Canada 2022. Ontario judge says we do not jail people for their political opinions on Facebook. Who? that was a close one, Alex. Honestly, it's like you wake up in Zaire sometimes, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot colder at this time of year in Zaire, apparently Canadians Zaire. I do want to get this one in because you guys have done an awful lot of work about this, but it kind of just confirms what you've already been reporting, and that is the uh, that that the federal departments are being accused of concealing records on contracting, and this coming right from the procurement ombudsman who said, "Look, I know." that departments are hiding documents about procurement on stuff and they're not putting it forward. And, and of course, we're talking about things like uh, the pandemic relief paid out to, let's say, Bayless uh, Medical, which is owned by a former Liberal MP that got $237 million to produce uh, ventilators that I think are still collecting dust in some warehouse somewhere. Procurement Ombudsman Alexander Jaglik, he's the only friend the taxpayers have when it comes to sweetheart contracting. And he writes in his, he reports to Parliament, this is alarming, he reports to Parliament, I know there are instances where there are documents, I don't have power to compel documents, because he's not the county sheriff for Carleton County, so he has to ask departments, he says, I know of instances where federal departments, get a load of this, federal departments have documents on sweetheart contracting that I know about, and they won't release them. They refuse mm -hmm. to disclose them. How's that That's for great. accountability? I, I mean, you want, you know, the Zaire moments happen all the time. It's <laughs> simply unacceptable. This is, the, this is the man who is mandated to make sure that contracting is on the level that they're, you're, you're not paying off your little friends. It's just wrong, Alex.
Yeah, it's almost like if Christian Freeland just, if they all stop these sweetheart deals, they might be able to help Canadians other than offering, a, you know, having them turn off their Disney Plus. Just stop wasting our money on sweetheart deals. Oh, no, 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 <laughs> no. I'll never forget. I knew there was something going on with the pandemic. It wasn't the World Health Organization declaring a, a global pandemic. It was seeing the lobbyists in their skinny suits running across Parliament Hill and their briefcases were just flying. Yeah. And they could oh, smell yeah. money. Oh, there was they money. Never learned. There was a happiness, the smile across their face, yeah. Nonetheless, they might just get away with it, given uh, where it's going. But, Tom, always appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, Alex. That is uh, Tom Korsky as uh, Greg Brady, Mr. Scoops. Should open an ice cream shop. Gets it all. Of course, they're subscription-based, but they do deliver.